Welcome to the Channel Champions Podcast, powered by Evolve IP, hosted by Zach Anderson. Today, we'll explore the always evolving landscape of the IT, telephony, and communications channel. If you are a trusted advisor, strategist, IT consultant, or sales engineer, this one's for you. Today's guest is... All right. This is the Channel Champions Podcast, episode 002. I have Mr. Bill Power and Miss Darcy Nealon. Um, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. I'm really excited about this one. Um, we're talking today about TCSP and how it got started. And um, let's just get into it. So whoever wants to go first, I'll shut up. Darcy, go ahead. All right. Hi, um, I, my name is Darcy Nealon. I'm the CEO of IQ Wired in Denver. We are a, uh, an agency, but I'm also the uh, chairwoman for the TCSP, which is the Technology Channel Sales Professional Association. And I'm Bill Power. Good morning. Thanks, Zach, for the opportunity to, to chat with you today. Um, so uh, I guess I can best be described as a cat herder. Uh, that's what I've done most of my adult life. I, uh, I've had an agency, run a very successful agency, got out of that in 2010. And since then, I've been facilitating groups. So uh, Darcy and I go back a long, long way. And uh, when she started um, getting into this um, issue that we'll talk about today, she asked me if I would come on board and herd some cats. So that's what I'm doing. Excellent. That's great. Yeah, I was interested just you know, at, at how, how you came across this sort of FCC ruling. And I mean, so let's dig into that a little bit, because I'm always uh, interested to hear, like, you know, how did you hear about this? How did you, you know, what was your idea on like form, you know, finding the right people to form this organization? And can you dig into that a little bit? I mean, for, first of all, how did you hear about this, this FCC ruling and, and what exactly was it? I'll, I'll take that, Bill. Uh, so what what happened was um, we IQ Wired has been working with hospitals for many, many years, and uh, we actually have a specialty in that in that vertical. And so uh, in about 20, 2019, we started hearing about the rumblings of the fact that that some things might be changing in that space. Uh, one of the things that that was changing, and obviously this was pre-COVID, but um, there's a there's a pot of money set aside um, by the FCC uh, through one of its um, through one of its companies that administers um, universal service funds, and that's called USAC. And so um, there there were rumblings that 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 money might be starting to change and uh, and and that the requirements would become stiffer in regards to how the money was distributed and uh, and the oversight of that money. And part of the reason it pertains to hospitals is because um, there was a there was an initiative to create more telehealth. Uh, opportunities for rural hospitals, right? And so the money was sort of earmarked for that. Um, but we started hearing about the, the fact that some things were changing in 2019, but we really weren't quite sure what those changes would be and what the impact would be. Um, and in 2019, the FCC actually put out a new order, which became effective July 1st of 2020, that essentially bans agents, third-party consultants is what they're referring to us in, in the order, um, right. bans agents from being compensated for uh, working with any hospital that participates in rural, in the rural healthcare program, which again is administered by USAC. Uh, so that that money, um, the good news is, is that, that it only pertains to nonprofits Mm. Uh, so for-profit hospital systems are excluded from that, um, and it only pertains to whichever providers participate in the program as well, right? So there is kind of a, there is a little bit of a sandbox there. Uh, but the bad news is, is that we were notified by several of our providers in May of 2020. So think about, again, COVID timeframe. Right. Exactly. Uh, they would, that they would stop paying us effective July 1st. 
uh, for services that we had already sold. And we were like, wait a minute, how is this even possible? So uh, it's funny because, as you probably well know, the agent community is interconnected in ways that you could never imagine. Right. And uh, so people started reaching out and because they knew that we worked with hospital systems and they said, hey, can you tell me what's going on? Because mm. they didn't know it all. Uh, and so we started forming a coalition and uh, and it started becoming time consuming uh, more than what I could I could take on. And so that is when I wrangled Bill Power uh, mm. into to become the the. What, what he would become, which is the president of the TCSB, because we actually formed an association to, to tackle this uh, from a variety of different standpoints. And so, you know, the, the concept is to to fight to get that order changed with the FCC, which we've been working on for for a period of, of uh, at this point, several years, right. um, hired an attorney, a Washington attorney who is a lobbyist to help mm-hmm. That and um, and we started, um, you know, really figuring out what our plan would be and how we would fight this. So that's that's kind of how the whole thing started, mm. and then it's it's morphed from there and it's moved on to be a lot more. And Bill, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it over to you so you can talk a little sure, bit more yeah. about those changes. You know, it's it's interesting, Zach. What uh, getting a huge chunk of your uh, income removed does to uh, motivate folks to come together. So Darcy did a great job of identifying some other agents, maybe a dozen or so other agents that really, really got punished with this, lost huge amounts of money, as much as 50, 60, 70% of their commission stream. So you can just imagine what that does to your business model. Mm. Um, She she kind of uh, got that coalition together, um, brought me in when, uh, when she thought it would be appropriate for uh, us to put a little bit more structure around it. We, mm-hmm. we decided that uh, we needed to form a, an organization to be the flag carrier for this effort. So that's why we created a nonprofit trade association, Technology Channel Sales Professionals. Right. We did that in 2020. We've uh, done all the necessary filings with the, uh, with the uh, IRS, got nonprofit status, uh, and launched. We uh, raised almost $100,000. And as Darcy said, we hired a pretty high high caliber lobbyist in D.C. to help us um, fight this fight. We put together a petition for reconsideration with the FCC and submitted that. Darcy, I don't remember when, when that was, 2020, I think, later in 2020. And uh, we have been lobbying ever since then. And uh, don't get us started on government inaction because uh, it's a very frustrating process. But I think the important thing to know is that this is the first time there's been a nonprofit association representing uh, selling agents in the channel. Mm. You know, we are, uh, and I can speak from my own personal experience, we are a very independent entrepreneurial lot that doesn't like to be told what to do. That's why we're in the business we're in. Um, and so it has been uh, our effort to bring that community together. And under Darcy's leadership and the leadership of the board, we're uh, we're making great progress. In fact, we'll be at Channel Partners next week uh, recruiting members. And I should tell you that uh, you know nothing is free. And so there is absolutely cost to running TCSP. But through the partnership and collaboration with uh, TSDs, TSBs out there, we're able to offer uh, their partners uh, the first year of membership at absolutely no cost. And so we're really encouraging folks. We'll have a presence there in the registration area, mm-hmm. and we're encouraging folks to come by and learn a little bit more about TCSP and, uh, and sign up. So uh, our first Highest priority mission is to be a government watchdog for the channel. So as Darcy said, this rule came out in 2019. We didn't know a thing about it. We didn't have a chance to participate in the rulemaking process. Generally, the government puts out proposed rules, gives the public an opportunity to comment, and then takes those comments into consideration in crafting the final rule. Well, we didn't even know anything about this, and so we didn't participate. So, you know, shame on us, but there was no forum or no, no real entity that was watching out. 
And so we realized that uh, this goes far beyond just this rural health care issue, far beyond FCC, actually. Um, we need, the channel needs representation uh, in Washington to, uh, to make sure that our interests are at least communicated and protected, both at the congressional level and in the various agencies. And so that's, that's the first and most important mission of TCSP. Now, that's not a very sexy mission. And people really aren't going to sign up for that unless they are directly impacted. And we'll get into that in, in, in just a little bit. But we're in the process now of developing a whole menu of tangible member benefit programs that we can offer to the channel uh, to help them run their businesses, reduce their costs, um, increase their efficiency. So we'll be rolling those out over the next months. Uh, and we're excited about being able to do that. That's great. And so you're thinking maybe it will extend to other sort of, you know, regulated industries besides healthcare. Is that what you're kind of thinking? Yeah. And so, and, and Darcy, I'll let you fill in the details, but at a high level, um, FCC has said essentially that sales agents are the devil and they shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be compensated for these for these rural health care customers. Mm -hmm. But they've also said they want to, quote, harmonize the way they treat all of the programs under USAC. So, Darcy, what are some of the other programs that we have to really be concerned that the same kind of rules might come down on? Uh, E-rate uh, for schools, libraries, um, government. Uh, E-rate is, is one of the programs that they're essentially eyeing now and saying, hmm, we should extend these same restrictions to the E-rate program. Uh, another one that's, that's uh, up and coming right now is rural broadband. Uh, because as we all know, um, not all, not not everyone in this country has ubiquitous access to to broadband, right? And right. so the government is saying, well, we want to help fund broadband in these rural areas so that um, so that we can, you know, make every, you know, allow everyone to have equal access, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and so that program also could could come under fire. So you know, our our sense is is that as this as this pot of money gets bigger and bigger, uh, that it will cut the agent community out of a of a large percentage of the address addressable marketplace, and that's our concern. Um, you know, to Bill's point, rural healthcare. You might think it doesn't affect you because oh, I don't work with rural hospitals. Not true because there's these consortiums that are allowed to bundle rural and urban hospitals mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And as long as they file through as a consortium that have both equal percentages of both, they too can get the funding, right? And the same thing could be true of entities that at this point we might not even have on our radar, which is why, you know, to Bill's point, we can't allow ourselves to be caught off guard as a, as a, as a community, as an industry, we can't allow this to happen again. And, and on top of that, if you look at what's happening in the, the agent business, the, the industry, we're seeing private equity come in, right? Mm -hmm. That infuses a lot of money into this, into this uh, industry, which, what does that mean? Odds are once you, once you catch the eye, right, of, of these regulators, we can probably expect more regulation. Um, in fact, it's interesting, just, just being a sales agent, we have, uh, we have employees in multiple states, and we're seeing more and more regulation being tied to different, um, different employee benefits. So I think, you know, we can expect to see more regulation and to build point without some sort of a watchdog watching out for our best interests, we're always going to be playing catch up and, and um, to undo something that's been done takes a lot more effort than to address it before it's actually passed. And that's our goal. Yeah. And you know, Zach, I spent my first 15 years, my first career was as a lobbyist in D.C. So what Darcy's saying is absolutely true. You have to be involved from the very get go as rules are being uh, crafted by the different agencies. Same thing with Congress. As they are contemplating bills, um, if, 
if, if you are not there at the very beginning weighing in on why something is good or why it's not good, and they go ahead and pass a law or pass a regulation, it's very difficult to get it undone. I mean, we've spent three years now, Darcy, on this fight, and we're not there yet. We're making incremental progress, but we're not there yet. Where if we had had the, uh, the forethought and the kind of visibility to when the first, uh, it's called a notice of proposed rulemaking, an NPRM was mm -hmm. issued by FCC saying they were contemplating this, we could have made all of our arguments at that point in time about why we are actually not the devil. We are an asset to this whole community by doing what we do. Um, and I suspect we probably could have avoided this particular uh, problem that we're now facing. So that's really uh, why it's all the more important that we have a voice in Washington, D.C. Right. So how are you explaining that, though, to the powers that be that we really are an asset? I mean, how do you you know, how do you lead that conversation in a way that, you know, that makes sense to the person that will listen to you and, you know, how, I mean, how do you even start that conversation? What, what do you say to those people? Because obviously they don't understand. They don't understand what value that the agent community brings, um, not just to, you know, specific verticals, but to customers, right? I talk about this all the time with, with partners um, and how, you know, obviously there's value in using a technology partner or a, you know, uh, technology advisor, you know, <laughs> we have many names, but how do you explain that to, to the powers that be, so to speak? You just explain it. You, you just explain what our role is, what the value we bring to the equation is. Um, because they, to your point, Zach, they're ignorant. They don't, they don't know. They don't understand. There's no reason that they would. I mean, we're a boutique industry. Um, that brings a great value to our customers and to the providers. Let's not forget that. And so when we have an opportunity to have an audience with rulemakers and really uh, kind of start at what the what the uh, technology advisor space is all about and what we do. And oh, by the way, we do it at no cost to the end user customer, which if you think about, you know, as Darcy said, these rural health care um, providers, they're strapped. Uh, most of the nonprofit, they're strapped for uh, for revenue. And so we're able to to come in and do our thing, save them money, give them high quality technology uh, at no cost to them, at least not, uh, you know, no cost for our services. So it's a very compelling argument, a very compelling story. We just have to have the opportunity to convey that. Mm. And you said something, Bill, that I think is really important from a, from a provider standpoint, right? So I think if anything, um, in, in recent months, the, the agent community is becoming even more uh, of an asset to the providers, right? Because, because of what's happened with um, the great resignation and people, you know, switching jobs and that kind of thing. Um, and now some of the cost cutting that we're seeing, right, in the, in the provider ranks, I think you know we're a natural uh, we're a natural place for them to turn to because the agent has the agent community has a lot of uh, uh, deep deep experience right and and knowledge of of products and and processes and you know deep relationships with customers so so when when really they need us most uh, we're we're finding that this prohibition is causing problems for them. It's causing problems for for the customer, the customer group that that we're all trying to support. But you know, I think one of the one of the key things, uh, and Bill, you alluded to it earlier, is is the bureaucracy, right? That that we're seeing. I mean, I've never really been involved with politics. I don't think most of us have. And so when you start, well, you have Bill, but most of us have not. And so when you start seeing what that looks like and how difficult it is to change people's minds, it's going to take a groundswell. And that's one of the reasons why we are at Channel Partners uh, to recruit agents, because we've got to get the agents first. We have to get all the providers on board. We have to then, you know, really take this message and and probably get some of our Congress people engaged as well, uh, mm. because I think it's going to take that level of of support for for 
um, the FCC to realize, okay, maybe we need to take another look at this. Maybe we were a little hasty in how we were viewing this. And to your point, I don't think they really understood who we were. Um, they were talking about third-party consultants like these USAC consultants that help these, these hospitals put their services out to bid. I think they thought that that's who we were and we're not. We don't mm. participate in that process at all. And we keep, we keep indicating that, but there was one, one kind of bad apple that sparked this whole thing. And unfortunately, again, that's one of the reasons why we've got to really step up our game and, and help um, self self-regulate, right. So that that doesn't happen again, because mm. we've done a lot of work over the past few years and we, if we're able to get this thing overturned, we have to be the ones to make sure that we don't, we don't, you know, let this happen again. Right. It's interesting that there's no other organization like yours doing this type of work. I mean, did that surprise you when you first started this thing? I mean, <laughs> well, there actually there are other organizations, but they represent other constituencies. So there is an organization for the carrier, several organizations for the carriers. Uh, they were involved in this rulemaking process. They actually were supportive of the agent community, but uh, that was not their primary objective in their in their lobbying. Um, but there's no there is it, it. It didn't surprise me that there's no other association for agents. Um, it. it it's a little frustrating that we didn't start this 10 years ago because I think we'd be in a different spot now. But, uh, you know, we're, we're where we are and uh, we were brought here for a reason, I guess. And so it's, it's our job now to take this to the next level. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and what, the one thing I would add to that is um, having been an agent, obviously, for a number of years, um, it was always my impression that the carriers, the, the suppliers themselves would take care of us because we are essentially part, I mean, we're an extension of their sales organization, right? right? Yeah. And so I figured that uh, in, in, in watching out for their own self-preservation, that we would be taken care of. Uh, but this particular situation sort of singled us out. Right. And because, again, I think because the FCC didn't understand uh, what we were about, to Bill's point, you know, I liken this to a round of musical chairs. Right. We didn't know we were playing that. But (laughs) when everybody sat down, we were the only ones left standing. And so, you know, we had the target on us. And now we have to we have to convince people that to Bill's point, we're not the devil, um, that we actually play a very beneficial role in, in helping customers procure and implement services. Right. I wonder, like, I mean, I know you mentioned the, the bad apple, like you said, but I mean, what, I'm just struggling to understand, like what really, what harm was, was caused, right? Like what, what was the event that happened that, you know, like brought this, right? Like, so there was a, so Darcy's mentioned USAC consultants and, and right. not to get too deep in the weeds. If people really want to get deep in the weeds, go to our website, tcsb.org or call Darcy or me and we'll be glad to talk as long as you want to. But, but these USAC consultants help healthcare providers file for all these subsidies, right? Right. And so there was an instance that Darcy referenced where there was a, 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 a consultant that not only was doing that, but was also a sales consultant or a sales agent and getting commissions from the providers. So they were double dipping. They were getting money from the client and they were getting money for the provider. And so you can understand how an outsider looking at that would think, well, that that was not really fair and competitive because that individual was driving that business to wherever they were going to make the most money. And mm. Maybe that was the case, but it was that and that resulted in million multi-million dollar fines from the FCC to the carrier. Uh, and that's what really started this whole snowball going down the hill. Jeez. Right. Yeah. And it was it was one of those situations where um, I mean, you have to understand that anytime you're getting government money, 
there's a lot of requirements that go with it. And, and to Bill's point, fair and open competition is one of the things that they're striving for. So, you know, they're, they don't want to pay more than the going rate, right? So if you're, if you are propping up, uh, you know, a, a higher price um, so that you can profit personally, you are in direct conflict with with all of the guidelines around how government subsidies are are you know dished out, and so that's really what it was. And to Bill's point, millions and millions of dollars worth of fines get people's attention, mm. and, and then but that wasn't enough. Then it was not only are we going to fine you, but now we're changing the rules, and we've determined that this one group of people is responsible for everything. And like I said, without representation, you're an easy target. And that's that's really what happened. And, you know, we've talked to our customers about this. It's interesting because, you know, they they also would like to say something. But I think they're feeling awkward because they're collecting money right from from these funds. So they don't really want to get in the middle of it either. Um, and so that's been the other challenge for us is um, because let's face it, it's, it's a tricky position to be in uh, and, and everyone is kind of trying to protect their interests. And, we're and the irony, I'm sorry, the, I'm sorry, Darcy, the irony in this, you know, fair and open competition, who better than Darcy or one of her peers to reinforce and support fair and open competition. I mean, we're bringing multiple options to the customer. Right. Uh, if that's not the definite definition of competition, I don't know what it is. Hmm. That's a good point. I'm going to put on my conspiracy theorist hat here for a second, but it sounds a little bit like what happens in the insurance industry, right? Like you have, you know, like there's, certain prices for certain things that are set by the insurance companies. But it's it's like now, like not that, that the aging community was doing anything wrong, but it's like almost kind of the same. I don't know. They're like, well, well, this is really bad, but don't look at like what we're doing over here. Does that make sense? I don't know. It sounds a little, it sounds a little fishy to me how it's like they're trying to conflate the two or, or, or make one sound worse than the other. Right. Like there's yeah. nothing wrong about offering, you know, free market options to an end user, but just because there's subsidies involved, well, now it's like, okay, now we should really look into this. I don't know. I just, and, that's yeah, just and, and Zach, one of the things that we've gone to the FCC, I was just on a call with the FCC yesterday about this. Oh. My head still hurts from the frustration around that phone call, but we had previously um, committed to the FCC that we would build and administer a training and self-certification program to make sure that agents who participated in this space were doing it right and were fully aware of all the rules and what to do and what not to do. Uh, again, to, to Darcy's earlier point, we, we understand we're, we're, we do not condone what that bad apple did. That's, that was not right. And that's not the way that we're, we're, we're uh, approaching this. So we we have uh, offered to the FCC that we'll put together, we'll administer at our own cost a self-certification program. We're we're deep in the midst of building that right now. Whether whether we prevail on this issue or not, we feel like it's our obligation to do that. Mm. But even that falls on deaf ears uh, at the FCC. So, you know, it's a, we have to... Darcy and I are getting together in Vegas and, and with some other stakeholders really to put our heads together on what's our next step, because we've got to we've got to turn the heat up um, on the on the rule makers uh, in order to uh, to take this to the finish line. So if you do make that sort of certification um, criteria or that sort of, uh, you know, if you make that, I mean, how does how would you implement that? You know, would it would it be? sort of like specific to the healthcare industry? Like, would that, would that become the new rule? Like you have to, you know, in order to be, you know, sort of like a, a technology consultant in that space offering, you know, various technology solutions, would you then have to have the certification that you're talking about in order to do so? Like, would that become the new rule, so to, so to speak? 
That's what we're driving for. And, and that's what the carriers that we talk with want. They want us to do this and they want to be able to say to their sales, you know, to their agents, you have to be certified in order to play in this space. Mm. Because if we don't do that, then we just don't play ball. Right. So that's that's kind of the the other option. And you know, you had mentioned a conspiracy theory, which I think is interesting because uh, what is most probably most ironic about this situation to me is the, the government reimburses uh, as a, as part of this rural health care program that, that they're administering. They reimburse the, the hospitals up to 65 percent of the cost of their services. OK, mm-hmm. uh, but but those USAC consultants that Bill was was referencing uh, they get paid between 20 and 25% of the 65%. So, so interestingly that we have nothing to do with this bid process. And in fact, in a lot of cases, those consultants are, I mean, they're making way more than we are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're literally just filing the paperwork and, and, you know, making sure that the, that the bid process is, is adhered to. Um, but, but, but that's it. You know, it's kind of it's a once a year thing. And that's and that's what they're doing. And so it is ironic to me that uh, that they weren't ever even questioned when they're the mm. ones who are actually administering the process. Right. Well, it sounds like they're the ones that would benefit the most by kicking out the agent community. You know, right. Because like, well, like we, we have our own uh, USAC consultants. And now, you know, you guys are trying to get in here, but it's like, does that make sense? Like, it almost sounds like they're like, well, these people are okay, but these people are not okay because they're not in our, you know, little, (laughs) our little bubble, right? Well, Zach, that's very, um, very intuitive of you because when we mentioned that we filed a petition with the FCC for reconsideration, those USAC consultants opposed our petition. They did. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. It's it's almost like a, you know, not me kind of situation, right? Like, ooh, keep the mm. spotlight off of me, keep it on them. Uh, and and it's worked so far. So, you know, our goal again is to is to if we can turn this around on rural health care, that would be amazing. That would be like such an incredible win. But at a minimum, what we've got to do is keep it from happening with some of the other programs. Because, again, as more government money becomes available for for the technology services that we sell, right, we can't afford to lose such a large uh, addressable uh, market share. Uh, and and so that's that's kind of, you know, if, if you look, if you think about, OK, how did we get here? That's one thing. Where are we going next? What, how, how can we add value? And so, again, keeping something like this from happening again, making sure that our interests are being represented and that we're aware of what's happening in the industry and, and the, re- the regulations and legislations that are that are coming out of not just Washington. Right. I mean, it's it's coming out of everywhere. And so how can we protect the agent community and and how do we further the agent community? going forward, you know, like Bill mentioned, different programs. Um, you know, I, I talk to agents a lot and um, and they all really are interested in in communicating best practices with each other sure. uh, right now. There's a there's a need for people. You know, so many things are changing right now in our industry that right. that there's a, a real serious need for um, kind of comparing you know, uh, best practices and what's working. How are you measuring versus how am I measuring? How do I know if my measurements are correct? Uh, Because there's no, again, there's no standard in our industry right now. So everyone just kind of like, if you ask people, well, how do you measure growth? Well, is it, are you talking top line? Are you talking, you know, um, are you talking gross profit? Are you talking with, you know, with renewals built in, without renewals. I mean, so there's there's a lot of opportunity there, even outside of, you know, the government watchdog space that, that Bill was talking about. Right. There's a lot of opportunity for us to share, you know, to, to create a platform 
for agents to share best practices and and you know even um, benchmarking information, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you know if you know how you're comparing to to your next closest peer? Wouldn't that be great? You know, Zach, I think it's really important that um, that your listeners um, kind of understand. We talked a lot about this specific issue of rural health care, and it's very important to us. Don't don't want to minimize that at all. But um, as we said earlier, as we talk to agents, if they don't think they are at risk, their eyes can glaze over when we start talking about what we're doing. So I think it's really important that your listeners understand that TCSP is way more than just this one particular issue. Yes, this is very important. We're going to fight it to the end. Uh, We will continue our our government watchdog efforts and expand them to other agencies and the Congress. But uh, as Darcy said, some of these other programs that we can put together that we know that there is a need and interest in, that's what we're going to be doing as well. And so I think it's really important that, that your listeners understand that this is not, we're not a one trick pony here. We are really trying to come to the market and be of service to them um, and help them in running their business. Right. And do you think, so like, do you think that there's not more attention around this because, you know, it's not affecting, you know, agents in general today? And it's more like, a, you know, well, it, it hasn't happened to me yet, so it's not a big deal. Like, yeah. is that, is that, do, do you, do you see that? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to speak for anybody, but I'm just wondering like why there's not more attention because this is a big deal. I mean, anytime that you get government involved in anything, I mean, they're a pretty big organization. I think we can agree on that and they've got a little bit of power. Right. Um, so, I mean, is that the consensus? Like, well, it only happened to this group, but like, What's your message to just the agent community in general? Like, like mm-hmm. what could this lead to if we do nothing? That you, you really hit the nail on the head because um, as Darcy and, and, and the other stakeholders have been talking to agents, uh, one of the first responses is, well, I don't, I don't have any health. I don't have any rural health care customers that participate. Well, Darcy mentioned uh, about the consortiums a little while ago. The reality is if you have any health care customers, you may very well be at risk. And one day a provider may contact you and say, you know what, the commissions on that book of business, we're no longer paying you. That, that, that can absolutely happen. Um, and so we, we urge agents that we talk with, because every agent has healthcare clients, right? I mean, that's just a very uh, popular vertical. And so we urge them to don't stick your head in the sand. This actually can impact you. Mm. Well, and I would add to that, it, it, it's called rural health care. That doesn't just mean hospitals. That also includes behavioral health, mm. uh, it, nonprofit, uh, you know, senior living mm-hmm. uh, can be part of that. It can also be for certain um, like health departments uh, can participate in that in that in that fund. So pe- people want, I think what I would liken it to is this. I I was having a conversation the other day about security because obviously security is on everyone's minds, right? Of course. course. Um, And I know obviously with Evolve IP and the services that you're selling, um, you know, that's, that's a big part of what you're, what you're offering. Right. And, and I think if you asked customers five, 10 years ago, what's your security posture? Mm -hmm. It would have been, well, hasn't happened to us yet. Mm-hmm. They weren't putting money towards it, right? Because right? they didn't perceive that it was an issue that would impact them. Sure. And I think the same thing is exactly true with, with this specific situation. People may not perceive that it does until you get breached, right? And now you're, and now you're paying for, you know, a, a recovery situation versus, you know, pennies on the dollar to protect yourself up front. That's exactly how I see this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one other thing I think that it's important for, for people to understand is companies like Evolve IP, you don't participate in the rural healthcare program. Right. So therefore, if, if an agent is looking, let's say they have business with a participating provider, mm-hmm. okay, and the participating provider says, 
we're not going to pay you for this because this this company, you know, um, does file for, for rural health care. OK, I'm going to switch these services to a non-participating provider. Mm. So that that is one of the reasons why I think the, the providers, uh, the big service providers need to be concerned about this as well from from their own you know, interests, uh, because, you know, as an agent, if we've got the relationship uh, and we're able to maybe offer the customer a similar uh, solution for the same amount of money or less even without the subsidy, mm-hmm. why are they going to why are they going to go through the brain damage of, of seeking the subsidy? Right. And so that is that is another that is another piece of the puzzle is, you know, recognizing that there's plenty of providers who don't participate. And as an agent all day long, we can work with those providers. It's only the participating providers that really uh, pose a a huge problem for us. Mm. And unfortunately for us, a lot of our revenue was tied up with those participating providers. Sure. So when you're talking to government entities like the FCC, what makes more of a difference? Like what holds more weight? Like, like, would you, like, would it mean more if this was sort of like a unionized sort of uh, coalition or like is the nonprofit more, you know, 501c3 sort of, you know, conglomeration? Like what, what works best? Cause like Bill, you said you've been obviously working in Washington for a while, but like what, you know, what gets their attention? You know, is this, is what we're doing the best way or like, who do we have to get involved to kind of, you know, make this thing happen? That's a great question. And, um, you know, you've kind of heard that rulemaking and legislative action is like making sausage. You don't really want to see how it happens. Um, you know, people are involved in this. So the, the folks at FCC are human beings, just like all of us are. They have their own biases. They have their own egos. And so, you know, one of the things that we've debated within the, the board of TCSP is maybe we ought to just sue the FCC. Mm. Maybe we ought to just really start a lobbying campaign on the Hill. Well, those seem like they could be good tactics, but they, unless done carefully and in the right order, they can backfire. So we, the, the worst thing we could do is have uh, some senator or congressman contact the FCC chairwoman um, on our behalf mm. at this stage of the game, because this is this issue is down in the trenches. It's down in the trenches of FCC. I doubt if the chairwoman even knows that this is going on. Right. And so we have to go from bottom up. We've spent several years now in the trenches with these folks. Um, my recommendation to the board is that we are at the end of the trench and we're not going to go any further with this crew. And so we are going to have to go up a little bit. But even then, it's not time to to call in the, the Congress people and the, and the senators. We still have to go up the pecking order within FCC. And ultimately, if uh, we keep running into brick walls, then we'll go to the Hill. And I've already got thoughts in my mind of organizing a, um, a trip for the uh, agent community to come to Washington and walk the halls. I've done this before. It's very effective. If we have 20 or 30 agents walking the halls, knocking on their congresspeople and senators' doors, expressing how damaging this rule is to us, that gets, that gets attention. But you can't do it at the very beginning. You've got you to gotta kind of play the game. Mm. That's interesting. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's just such a crazy thing that it's not gotten more attention, you know, but, but it makes sense though. Like it, we're, it, it won't just stop with this. If something like this goes through, it won't just stop with this one industry. There's so, I mean, <laughs> it, there's so much evidence of that already, right? It's like, you know, everything that the government does anymore, in my opinion, is just a slippery slope, right? So so, okay. So then obviously there are some TSDs involved. Is that right? So right. are we okay with talking about who those folks are or like, I mean, is there like, what, what more can the T cause you know, obviously they're 
big organizations themselves, right? So obviously we would want to include them and, you know, and as a part of this because they, this can affect them too. So what do you say to a, a TSD uh, or TSB around this specific issue and, and how are you sort of, you know, reaching out to them and, and getting them involved? So several of the TSDs were involved from day one. I mean, one of the first thing that Darcy did was go to uh, several of them asking for their support. Mm -hmm. And the economic impact on Tolaris and Telus and Zavant is minimal. It really is. Uh, it's significant for Darcy and for some of her peers, but for the, the TSDs, it's really just a drop in the bucket. But they've come to the table um, and really, really been huge supporters of what we're trying to do, both financially, they've contributed that 100,000 I said we raised, a good bit of that came from the TSDs, and we appreciate that. The TSDs, particularly Tolaris so far, has really taken a leadership role. Tolaris has had Darcy and me on one of their uh, agent calls a couple of weeks ago to talk about this, talk about TCSD, TCSP, mm -hmm. and um, uh, Tolaris has decided that they will sponsor their partners for the first year of membership at no cost to those partners. And so that's huge. That's huge, Zach, to, that they have gone uh, to that end. And uh, we've gotten quite a few of their partners to sign up already. Uh, we expect the other TSDs to do the same thing. Uh, they're already financially supporting the organization, but we want their, uh, we want their endorsement to their partners. And so, uh, we really are counting on that and, and fully expect that. That's great. Right. And I would say to add on to that, you know, it's like everything that we've sort of seen throughout this process. It is a process. Uh, it's it's a it's a uh, complex uh, issue that we're trying to solve for. And so, to to Bill's point, not everyone is equally affected mm -hmm. as it pertains to rural healthcare, right? And right. see. That's the point that where you have to kind of make the distinction and say, fine, you're not affected, or at least you don't think you are. Again, knowing that probably they are, but they just don't know it. Uh, but, but then from there, what happens? Surely you have an interest in protecting your future business, right? And that's the, that's the piece I think that some people are having a hard time wrapping their head around, just like the security conversation that I just talked about. You know, a lot of people, it, it, it had to reach critical mass before people began to realize that it's not a matter of of if it's a matter of when you're going to be you're going to be hit with something. Right. There's just too many attacks out there for you to, to, to make it without having some, you know, some incident. And so I think the same thing is true here. We have to we have to convince people that, you know, this is not one of those situations that you wait around, you right. know, it's not a good time to, to take a wait and see attitude. Our industry is changing. It's changing quickly. Uh, we are growing and we will continue to probably be much more visible to, to some of these government entities. And, you know, there's, there's some talk right now in the, in the federal trade commission about, about limiting uh, some of the sizes of companies. I would think that would be of concern to some of these large uh, TSDs that are trying to roll up other companies, right? Mm. There's a lot of regulation that can impact and people just have to understand that the only way we can really effectively deal with this is, is together. And, you know, that's why, you know, our, 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 our you know, tagline is stand strong, stand together. Because if we don't stand together, we will be picked off and that's just, it's just the way it's going to end up being. And so we don't want to see that happen. That's why, you know, Bill and I and Bill, thank goodness for Bill, because um, I couldn't have done this alone. And, you know, I've never seen such a great group of people come together and, and everybody's participating. Everyone's contributing. I mean, we've, we've just had such a collaborative effort around this that it's, it's really, it, it makes me have a lot of hope. For, for the future, because if we can do that, if we can rally around this, I think there's nothing we can't do together. We just have to make sure that we are aligned. And, um, and I just hope it doesn't take critical mass. I hope we don't have to have another incident to get people <laughs> to buy into this concept because every organism, every industry has a trade association. 
you know, and, and it's amazing that it's taken us this long to get that to, to happen. But again, I think we all thought our interests were being handled by the providers and um, that we didn't need something like this. So sure. shame on us. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's well said, you know, as far as just coming together and I'm, I'm really happy that you guys have had success up until this point. And, uh, you know, I definitely appreciate you guys coming on. I, I did want to end with this. So in, let's say not a perfect world, but like next steps, you know, if, if the stars aligned and everything goes the way that you would want it to go, what is the next step from here? Like, like ideally what can people do? TSDs, providers, agents, how can we all come together on this? And, and what's the ideal next step? Numbers, 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 numbers. So we need as many direct selling agents to sign up for this free one-year membership. And by the way, the second year membership is anywhere from $300 to $1,200 a year. So we're not talking about a lot of money, we're talking about a, a small deal pays for that dues for the rest of the, for the rest of time. Right. But we need numbers right now. We need the agents to sign up. We need the providers to uh, enroll and become members of the organization. That gives us the, um, the numbers that we need, and it gives us the finances that we need to continue this fight on behalf of the, the channel. You know, I, I'd really appreciate Evolve IP's leadership in the channel. Zach, appreciate your inviting Darcy and me to come talk with you today and talk with your uh, audience. Um, just encourage everybody to go to tcsp.org. There's a very easy form to fill out to sign up, and then you're a part of the pack at that point. Excellent. That's great. All right. Well, I guess we'll end it there. I really appreciate you guys. Um, how can people find, you know, I know you said tcsp.org, but is there anywhere else um, on LinkedIn or um, where else can we, can, can agents, TSDs and providers find you? Sure. Yeah, we do have a LinkedIn presence. It's, uh, I think it's technology channel sales professionals. That's not been uh, robustly fed. So the, really the best place is either the website or stop by and see us if you're going to be in Vegas next week. Excellent. All right. Bill Power, Darcy Nealon, thank you both so much. Um, let's get it going. Thank Thanks, you, Appreciate it. Bye-bye. That's a wrap on this episode of the Channel Champions Podcast. You can find this and all our episodes on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or your favorite streaming platforms. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, guests, or topics, please reach out to us. We appreciate you coming along with us on this journey and hope you'll be back for the next episode. Until then, stay tuned, stay connected, and stay inspired.